0: Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to Independent Americans. Welcome to a very special Ukraine war report in episode 161. I'm your host, Paul Rykov. The Ukrainian capital, Kiev, is right now under siege. The brave, scrappy people of Ukraine are fighting back, but civilians are being bombed and strafed. Children are being starved, and Putin is targeting and killing civilians. Countless civilians in hospitals, in churches, and in schools. And now is a time to stay vigilant. Putin says he's only targeting Military targets. Bullshit. Sorry. Where is military target? This building is military target. That's the incredible mayor of Kiev. Former heavyweight boxing champion and hero, Vitaly Klitschko. Klitschko is calling it like it is. He's with his people in Kiev, fighting back against Putin, on the ground. and in social and broadcast media around the world. And more and more by the day, Vitali Klitschko has got reinforcements. Not the no-fly zone and MiG fighters that he's pleading for, but a definite and significant increase in sanctions and now in weapons. The Biden administration is sending almost a billion dollars in weapons. NATO is sending weapons. Everyone's sending weapons. Because easy is over. We're deep in it now. The war for Ukraine and the war for the future of Europe and the war for the future of our world is fully underway. The fight of our time is here. This is a time for leadership, for courage, for sacrifice, for action. Because like never, ever before, stakes is high. And as the stakes continue to get higher, Ukraine President Zelensky has issued a call to arms to the entire world. He's invited men and women from countries all across the globe to join the fight. He's announced the formation of a new unit, the International Legion of Territorial Defense of Ukraine. Made up of foreigners who want to take part in the war. And every day, more and more people from around the world are volunteering to join Ukraine, not just in thoughts and prayers and tweets, but by showing up. They're showing up on the ground in neighboring countries like Poland and Romania, and also on the ground inside Ukraine. Volunteers are rolling in to help provide medical care, to support logistics. And to fight. And American veterans in particular are showing up by the day to join and support the fight. Just like they have in conflicts of every generation, and in times like Hemingway's days of the Spanish Civil War. In every generation since our founding, when a good fight is to be fought, American combat veterans have joined it. We've covered it for the last few episodes of this show, and now, we'll talk to one of them because easy is over. There are only hard choices left now. We've covered it since the war began. Wartime is here, not just for Ukraine, but for everyone who cares about freedom, liberty and humanity. And now more than any other time in our lifetime, now is a time for us all to stay vigilant and a time for us to support the fight in any way that we can and to tell the stories of the fighters the helpers who are answering the call. And I will focus on them on this show until further notice. We're going to talk to analysts, politicians, fighters, leaders, and we're going to support Ukraine in any way we can. And I've told you we'll talk to people from on the ground. And here on Independent Americans, I'll continue to bring you Ukraine war reports. This one's a Friday night special, dropping just a couple hours after I recorded a conversation. And we'll increase and intensify our unique focus on the war in Ukraine, leveraging our national security, military operations, foreign policy, and veterans experience to bring you more independent content to help you understand and meet this moment, to stay ahead of the curve, and stay vigilant. And I will continue to dig deeper, to push for the truth, the ground truth, to add light, to contrast the heat, to demand accountability, challenge the group think, and work hard to keep you ahead of the curve. And we won't just talk about what's happening, We'll talk about what's happening next. Like those on the battlefield, we have to adapt, improvise, and overcome, and find ways to take action, and talk to people who are deep in the action. Easy is over, and only hard choices remain, especially for America. And these choices will require action, and men and women of action. Like our guest in this special episode. A man who joins us exclusively here on Independent Americans. A writer, truth-teller, veteran, father, hero, and now, freedom fighter. My friend, Matt Gallagher.
1: His eyes, they closed And his last breath spoke He had seen all to be seen
0: I've known Matt a long time, and I asked Matt, if you were a WWE wrestler, What would be your walkout song? What song would you want played? And he chose this one. What's left of the flag by Flogging Molly, which is, of course, perfect. Perfect for this moment and perfect for an Irish-American veteran and writer days after St. Patrick's Day, as he talks to us about what it's like to stand on the side of freedom alongside the proud flag of Ukraine with the American flag in his heart. Just days after training brave civilians how to fight and potentially die for their flag, for their country, for their cause, which is our cause now. An unknown number of American veterans have heard the call and boldly volunteered to join the good fight in Ukraine. And Matt Gallagher is one of them. Utilizing what he learned as a U.S. Army scout platoon leader in Iraq... Matt spent the last few weeks training Ukrainian civilians in how to fight and survive in the western city of Lviv. But Matt is not just any veteran. Matt's more than just some random American vet or some glory hound or some lost soul. Matt is a deep thinker, a deep feeler, and one of the best writers of our time. He's the internationally recognized and renowned author of the incredible novels Empire City and Youngblood and the classic Iraq War memoir, Kaboom. And he was a finalist for the Dayton Literary Peace Prize. He's written for Esquire, ESPN, the New York Times, the Paris Review, Wired, and other places. He's also co-editor of and contributor to the short fiction collection, Fire and Forget, short stories from the long war. He's a popular, authentic, funny, and insightful voice, including on Twitter, on everything from politics and war, to pop culture and his beloved, tormented Cleveland Browns. He's a graduate of Wake Forest and Columbia University, and Matt is now the 2021-2023 Fellow with the Tulsa Artist Fellowship, based in Green Country, Oklahoma. He now lives with his wife and two young sons in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and works remotely as a writing instructor for New York University's Words After War program in the English department. It's a workshop devoted to bringing veterans and civilians together to study conflict literature. Matt Gallagher is a guy who always cares, who always gives back, who always teaches, who always leads by example. And this moment is no exception. This is how he's built. Matt just left Ukraine, and he joined me now for an exclusive interview via Zoom from just across the border in Poland. He's an old friend of mine. He was a colleague of mine at Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America, and he's one of my favorite voices in the public square. And this is his first extended media interview after his harrowing experience and after a brief appearance on CNN's Anderson Cooper 360, where he appeared alongside fellow American war veterans Adrian Bonnenberger and Ben Bush. This conversation is real, raw, and emotional and inspiring. Matt's going to share with us what it's like to train brave local students, lawyers, and police officers from ages 16 to 60. He's training them to kill Russians. He's training them to survive combat using antiquated weapons and no body armor. Matt was a part of the first wave of Americans that have entered Ukraine and could have a profound impact on the way America and the world views the war. And Matt represents the best of what America is all about. And he'll share ways that everyone can take action, including you. Why did he go? What did he see? Who were the people he was training to use AK-47s and kill enemy tanks? What do the Ukraine forces need right now? What's his message for President Biden and his message for you and all Americans? What does he tell his kids about this war and his role in it? How does he feel about America right now? History is unfolding all around us right now, and Matt Gallagher will be a voice to help us understand all of it. World wars are not a spectator sport. More and more by the day, America is being more deeply connected and involved in the fight in Ukraine. And more and more by the day, our fellow Americans are joining the fight in ways big and small, and in some ways, very big. Leaving behind their families, their small children, risking their lives and their futures for a brighter tomorrow for all of us. This is not just a time for us to watch Ukrainians. Be brave. This is a time for Americans to be brave too, and for the world to be inspired by the bravery of not just Ukrainians, but by the bravery of our fellow Americans, united in one cause, one team, one fight, until Ukraine is victorious and Putin is defeated. If Ernest Hemingway were alive today, he'd probably be somewhere alongside Matt Gallagher and others inside Ukraine. But Ernest Hemingway is not alive today but matt gallagher is welcome to a look inside the war in ukraine from a man who just a few weeks ago was like you somewhere safe somewhere away from the bombs somewhere not in the line of fire welcome to the ground truth through the eyes of an american a truly great a truly independent american Welcome to a gut check about what this entire war is all about. Welcome to a look into the very best of what Americans are all about. Welcome to the fight. Whether you know it or not, whether you agree or not, we're in it. Welcome to another Ukraine war report. Welcome to Independent Americans, episode 161.
1: Wipe that golden tear from your mother. Raise what's left of the flag from me.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, independent Americans around the country, around the world, inside Ukraine, and anywhere you can get audio and video content in this wild and crazy time. Uh, We are back with our special series on on Ukraine, a Ukraine war report uh, that I'm giving to you special. I think we're going to drop this on Friday night because I want to bring you a person that I think is a, a person of the moment, uh, an incredible writer, uh, an incredible activist, a voice of conscience for not just veterans, but I think for a generation, and a guy who is uh, is is just out of Ukraine and joining us exclusively on at least the podcast exclusively for uh, his first time on Independent Americans. He's a personal hero of mine. Uh, and a true uh, inspiration in many ways. The great and powerful Matt Gallagher joins
1: us finally on Independent Americans. Welcome, my friend. Paul, thanks for having me and uh, appreciate that kind introduction.
0: So we go way back, man. And, um, you know, I think I, I started reading your stuff, I don't know, when you first started writing. Um, you eventually spent some time working at IAVA and was honored to work by your side. I've said this before a lot. I think. You're not just one of the most important veteran writers of our time. I think you're one of the most important writers of our time. And um, I, I'm, I'm eager to get into your uh, your trip to Ukraine, um, your perspective on Ukraine, what comes next. Your viewpoint is so incredibly unique. And you're also a very cool guy who I think can break it down in ways people can't understand. But let's start with a question I ask, I ask everybody. Um, where are you and how are you?
1: Uh, I'm in Poland. I'm safe. Uh, I'm flying home uh, to my family in Tulsa, Oklahoma here in a couple of days, uh, and, uh, eager to get, get back. And, uh, you know, I've been here about three weeks, uh, uh most of which was, was spent in Western Ukraine and, uh, uh working with local citizens, uh, uh, on basic self-defense and small, small unit tactics.
0: So you're um for folks who are watching on video, I gave you a little shit before we started. You kind of got a cross between like Zelensky and Eminem going on. You got the Zelensky looking shirt on and a and a and a scully. But uh-huh. are you you're in a, a civilian hotel in Poland right now? And and can you set the scene? What what's it like in that hotel or place, whatever wherever you are? Tell us exactly, well, as much as you can where you are. And who's who else is there? Are there other American veterans? Are there humanitarians? Are there refugees? What's going on outside the frame that we can't see right now?
1: Yeah, you know, in, in southern Poland and and uh, the Lviv area in Ukraine, you know, you're seeing kind of all this staging ground for aid relief for uh, 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 war fighters coming in. Um, you know, y- yesterday uh, uh, Ben Bush, I'm here with Ben Bush, who who was a uh, uh, one of the other uh, American veterans that came out with me to to train these train these civilians, and uh, uh, we stopped in to a pub for St Patrick's Day. And uh, talked to two British guys and two Americans um, who asked us if we're joining the international legion. Uh, I said no, and asked if they were, and they kind of shrugged. And I told them good luck. Uh, So you know, there's kind of just a weird mix and a weird energy of people coming and going. You know, of course, there's a huge, huge mass of uh, uh, Ukrainian refugees pouring in from the east and center part of that country, Um, uh, coming up here. Maybe staying in Poland, maybe maybe pushing further into Western Europe. Uh, it's just a it's just a lot. Uh, the, the the racket is is starting to show up, right? In, in, anytime there's a war, there's going to be uh, money men uh, seeking mm. to profit from it, and, and some of it is 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 probably for the greater good, and and some of it's not. But uh, you're seeing a lot of those kind of shadowy figures with their tucked in polo shirts into their khakis. Uh, and you know, they all, they all have the same watch, uh, G-Shock watch, um, you know, kind of could be anywhere between 40 and 60. And they just kind of have that, you know, you got, you know, this yourself, Paul, you operate in these waters enough. You can just, you just sense who those people are and they're just trying to figure out who you are and, and, and why you're there. They're going to do a lot of listening and not a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a, a weird, it's a, it's a weird, weird place to be right now. There's it's, it's, it's certainly not not the war zone. It's certainly not the the front or anything, Um, but it's war adjacent and uh, nobody really trusts anybody. Um, You know, other than I I got Ben, Ben's got me and uh, we trust each other. Mm. You're,
0: you know, your books are must read for everybody. Kaboom, Youngblood, Empire City. You're brilliant at painting the picture and I can't wait to see the book or screenplay or stories you write about this time. I have this outside vision of where you are as some kind of like, you know, 2022 Star Wars bar where all these, you know, randos are coming in um, and you and Han Solo are kind of sitting there looking around, or maybe you're Chewy. You're Chewy I don't know which one you are, but you know, the scene you're in, you have a unique ability to paint the picture as a writer and seeing it through your eyes is so valuable. Like I'm glad we're on a podcast where we don't have to cut to a Viagra commercial and I can just let you share. Um Let's go back to how this started Sunday morning. I think it was, uh, I think maybe soon after we found out that my friend, I think guy you may have met, Brent Renaud, was killed, the journalist. Um, You know, I've been watching. I'm in touch with vets. Who's going to pop up, right? And I knew a lot of friends are there. I know there are many that I don't even know are there. And I see the link, and it's Anderson Cooper. Okay, let's talk to a couple American vets. Of course, it's fucking Matt Gallagher. Like, not in in a really pure way, because you are a guy who I think – is about righteousness. And and I heard you talk about why at that time you were in Ukraine, you were training Ukrainians. I wanna go deeper on that, but I wanna back it up and and ask you, you've got little kids, your wife Annie is amazing. You guys just moved to Oklahoma. Can you talk through how this went down? Why did you go? And start with that and then tell us how that actually started to happen.
1: Sure, Uh, you know, like many Americans, I've been just kind of watching the news, horrified by what's happening. Um, feeling helpless, uh, w- wanting to help and, um, being very aware that I was unable to, uh, on a Saturday afternoon, I got a direct message from Adrian Bonnenberger, who's a, who's a friend and uh, a great writer himself an Afghanistan veteran saying that, uh, uh, he had a unique opportunity, uh, through his, his wife is Ukrainian and they were coming to Ukraine to help uh, evacuate her parents back to the States. Uh, And while they were here, he had linked up uh, with some local folks uh, in Lviv who were looking for uh, advisors, combat veterans, preferably, um, to teach regular folks the basics of of self-defense, small unit tactics, uh, street barricades, that kind of thing. and he was looking for uh a few good men to 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 come with him um uh the link up point was uh monday evening at jfk airport um he said no pressure but i want you to be aware of this cuz I, I i think this is something um you might be interested in it's it was heavy you know it's a heavy thing um kind of went back and forth had had two sleepless nights uh, and you know i kept looking at my my sons um, mulling the risk. I mean, you know, it, it, we weren't going to the front, but certainly going, even going to Lviv, uh, involved a modest risk, right. Um, I, I haven't been a soldier for, for some years now. Um, so, uh, you know, I had to weigh that too. Um, and, and, and realizing that, you know, even, even my moderate amount of, of skills and knowledge, would be helpful to these people. Um, some of whom had had never picked up a gun before. Um, I was mindful, uh, that, uh, okay. Okay. Adrian, is this really as it's presented, or is this some kind of shadowy thing? You know, are, are these actual, actual, you know, military soldiers is, 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 is there something you're not telling me? And I trust Adrian. And he said, no, it is, it is what it is. Uh, and that was good enough for me. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I talked it over with my wife. Um, there you know, the, the, Hemingway quote that, that Cooper, uh, the Cooper piece used, uh, it has, has been an important part of my life, uh, for many years, you know, for, for what are we born if, if not to aid one another. And that comes from, for whom the bell tolls, which is, uh, follows, uh, an American volunteer in the Spanish civil war. Um, and it's based on, uh, it, uh the character's name is Robert Jordan. It's based on a real-life man named Robert Hale Merriman, who's from my hometown of Reno, Nevada, uh, and you know all this is kind of swirling. And I just, I just knew that I could never look my sons in the eye uh, if I didn't go. And, and, and you know, telling them to be someone who helps others, telling them to be men of principle, men of action. Here was a very unique, direct way to give back to people in need. It's you know certainly a small contribution, and um, you know not going to change the trajectory of the war or anything but it, it, it was it was a small a small piece I could contribute so mm. talked to my wife into it and and she's been a champ throughout this she got it once I laid it all out to her and uh, you know 48 hours later I, I made that link up at uh, at JFk
0: your your wife's a, an educator she's a hero in my book too um, so you decide to go um, I'm glad you brought up the Hemingway quote, because I I, that really was a powerful takeaway for me from um, the Anderson Cooper piece. And also, like you, you know, I grew up reading Hemingway. I grew up wanting to fight the good fight. And like you, you know, we went to Iraq for a bullshit war that we, you know, we signed up to fight the good fight and we got sent to Iraq and to Afghanistan and other places. Um, Can you talk about um, you were a tanker? in 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 the army so your skills are i think you know particularly relevant a couple years ago folks were saying hey do we need tanks anymore that was actually an argument now we've got russian tanks coming through streets um but can you talk about the the tug that some of us feel and some of us don't i talked to jason dempsey about this i've been feeling it from the moment it happened right and my wife when she saw the video your video she sent me a text and she said i'm on the ground and i'm in tears do not fucking go you have little kids right and and i said matt does too and but our, our wives our husbands know we're thinking about it um can you talk about why this one you know there have been other conflicts why do you feel this is different for you your your your, your contribution on, on the battlefield may be small but i think your contribution now is going to be tremendous because you're a communicator you're a storyteller you can tell the stories of all the folks that are there that's one of your unique powers um,
1: why is this fight different? Is this the good fight uh Matt i feel I feel like it is uh you know uh these are sovereign democratic people fighting for their survival uh Ukraine has its issues uh as a democracy um certainly, but so does america uh you know the the whole beauty and point of a democracy is the people get to self determine and uh they're you know they're there's this giant existential threat um, pouring in from across the border. Uh, and you know, the, the, these small acts of defiance that we're seeing from everyday citizens, you know, the, the, the folks uh even in Russian-occupied towns and villages uh organizing and waving the Ukrainian flag, telling the soldiers to go home, uh trying to appeal to these individual soldiers' humanity. Um that it, it feels important. It feels different. You know, these these aren't a people. That uh, despite R- Russian, prop- Russian propaganda saying otherwise, that, uh, you know, would welcome uh, uh, occupation because uh, they actually want to be part of Russia. Uh, certainly, um, my experiences with the citizens of Lviv uh, backed that up. And, you know, we did. Th- these were bus drivers, teachers, welders, uh, some lawyers, kind of people from, you know, all, kind of all over uh, the Western Ukrainian uh, middle class, who almost certainly have different politics, almost have you know probably voted for different candidates. Uh, uh, you know, some of them speak Russian, some of them don't know, uh, only speak Ukrainian, or you know, some of some of them speak Polish. Uh, but uh, you know, kind of the the resolve and will of, of being committed to a sovereign Ukraine is is so real. You know, it is it is not some media psyop. It's not some kind mm-hmm. of uh, fake thing being being trumpeted about. Uh, these these people want their freedom. You know they've they've had it ha- had it now for a few years. You know uh, uh, 2014 Maidan gets referenced a lot by 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 the local folks, and they want more of it. Uh, they they want uh, a better life for their children in in this type of in this type of society, and that's why they're showing up. That's why you have you know a chubby 50 year old geography teacher as committed as any soldier I've, I've ever seen bound and determined to learn how to cross a linear danger area. Mm. And no, he's maybe not the most graceful at it, but that kind of, that kind of resolve and dedication, he got good at it. Uh, mm. And uh, uh, you know, it, it kind of goes back to a point, I think Adrian made in the, in the CNN piece, which is, you know, these people are going to fight no matter what, if, you know, if, if the war reaches, reaches this part of Ukraine, they're, they're going to show up and, uh, you know, they're blank slates though. So any, any, anything we gave them, um, from our experiences, uh, and would be helpful and, and meaningful. And, uh, uh, you know, no, nobody was better at that than I, I just really want to sing the praises of Ben Bush, uh, you know, f- former Marine infantry officer spent a lot of time in, in uh, reconnaissance units. And man, he took charge, tra- like just a natural leader in, in every way, uh, just took charge, uh, and, and guided these, you know, we had a group of about 50 to 60 people coming kind of, uh, coming and going around their own life schedules. And you know, some of them are operating checkpoints, but, you know, Ben was, Ben was the real deal and, mm. and, and ran this thing, um, made sure the training progressed into each other, you know, bits and pieces that informed one another, uh, you know, building towards something larger. And, uh, he, he, his presence on the ground made, made this a success, a success in in my estimation.
0: So I want to, I want to go deeper on that. Um, and there's, there's so many through lines here, man, just like, you know, knowing you as I do the idea of you being in, in, in Poland on St. Patrick's day, like having a pint, you know, after this experience is just, is, is gotta be surreal, but you're, you know, you're also, you are the occupier i was the occupier right and we but we in our in our in our dreams and our minds and our in our projected fantasies when we were growing up we thought we were going to be jed and the wolverines in the mountains fighting the russians now the ukrainians are you know, Jed and the Wolverines coming down from the mountains to fight the Russians. And and you have that experience of being on the other side, fighting an insurgency, fighting a resistant population. Um, you mentioned Adrian I want to give him a shout out. And Ben Bush, you guys were this triad that went in together and trained this unit. Can, you're, in, you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma one day. And you're in Lviv the next day. Can you talk about when you got there? Like, How did this work? You got there and they said, "Okay, here's 50 locals. You know, good luck. Like walk us through what the logistical pieces are like and what you walked into, you know, in that environment. You're not going into Fort Drum to train, you know, Arkansas National Guardsmen. These are folks that you said "Paint, paint the picture up for us of what it was like when you got there and who these people are that you were training and then maybe we'll get to what you trained them on. But what was it like when you got there and and who were you training?
1: Took a bus across the border. Um, it was, uh, very cinematic. It was snowing, um, kind of rolling through the midnight dark of, you know, of a country under curfew. So all the lights are turned off. I remember kind of the first Ukrainian small village we reached, um, had this beautiful, you know, there's ch- beautiful churches all over this country. Um, and but there, you know, this very modest, small church in this village, um, lit, still lit with only one candle, um, uh, of, uh, you know, Mary holding the baby Jesus, uh, get to the place we're staying and kind of crash, crash out. Everybody's exhausted. Um, you know, it's been a kind of a whirlwind, uh, 36 hours for everyone. Wake up, have a afternoon meeting kind of with the, collection of local authorities um really looking back on it it was kind of an interview process to see what we were if we were what we said we were um and how we could help you know there are there are americans like ben who show up and they're the real deal and and can and will be utilized uh by the ukrainians to help and then you have some weirdos you know there was a there was a canadian uh guy that kept trying to work with us that that wanted to teach like a a class on social justice. Um, and, you know, I'm not trying to make like, there's a time and a place for that. I, I would suggest that, uh, a, you know, a war is not it. Um, you know, he didn't, we have, do you have any medical skills? Do you, do you have any military backgrounds? You know, no, you know, just kind of like a well-intentioned hippie, uh, that was not going to be of practical use. Uh, to to these people at, at this time, and I, I think that's what you know. I've been hearing from a bunch of different people that want to. Oh, well, how, how can I get over there? How can I help? And and I just really want to stress, like, have a, if you're going to do that, that's great. The impulse is great, but you better have you have to have a plan ahead of time and a very specific, direct way to to contribute. Because if you just show up looking for something to do, um, you're you're actually a, an additional burden, right? And you know, I mean, this the, the the impulse to get over there was something I was always going to have. Right. I would not have done it uh, if Adrian and, and his uh, and Elena had, had not set all this up and and uh, could vouch for the people we were we were working with. And and I knew we'd be in safe hands, both getting there, staying there and getting out. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have and that so meeting.
0: Le- and to set it to this is very, very important. And what, what you are so uniquely good at painting that picture of you land in Poland, right. And you want to cross into Lviv, which is in the Western part of, of Ukraine, right. Which where the heavy fighting hasn't hit yet. Right. If this splits, it'll be free Ukraine. And then the other, we'll see what happens in, in, in the East, if that becomes occupy Ukraine, or if they can repel this, this invasion. Um, when you, when you get there, you're on a civilian bus, I assume, right? You, you, and you get off the civilian bus with three of your buddies. They hook you up with this local dude. Um, where were you training? Where did you get weapons? Um, you know, how, did you know how long you were going to be there? Um, mm-hmm. Take us through a, a little bit of that. And 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 to the earlier point, you know, who, who are these people that showed up?
1: So we knew we had roughly two weeks because Adrian uh, needed to get his in-laws out of town, right? And, you know, these are... These are old, older people, um, you know, leaving leaving their home country, perhaps for, you know, the last time they're going to see it. So we wanted to make it as smooth for them as possible. Uh, after we have that meeting uh, with local authorities, they say, OK, we think we think we can use you. A um, couple hours later, we are standing in a abandoned chemical plant, Soviet-era chemical plant. Uh, no lighting, it's dusk. Uh it, it all feels kind of pretend. And then all of a sudden, over the course of about five minutes, 40 to 50 Ukrainian strangers kind of come in, gather around us, and it's on and it's real. And uh, you know, these are people it was, you know, it wasn't scary or intimidating, but but it it uh was a kick in the butt to uh for me at least to to give them my best, my absolute best, uh, any anything. Um, tactical or, or, any uh, knowledge, uh, you know, I, I taught a class on various resistance movements, um, uh, you know, that was, was drawn from history classes, uh, from, from, from my college years. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was kind of, a lot of it was, we kind of planned out in two to three day increments. Um, Ben really took the lead on that, uh, uh, to get these folks organized, uh, you know, very basic stuff initially forming into, uh, fire teams, right. And, and getting the concept of a fire team down and learning to move, move that way and, and different things you can do with indoors and outdoors, uh, with, you know, the limitations of, of, a, of a resistance, um, movement, then elevating it to a squad right and uh pegging people as team leaders and squad leaders and there's one of one of our big charges from the local local Ukrainians uh where we can you identify can you help us identify leaders mm. um and uh this 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 is kind of a funny one they they uh kind of a difference in cultures perhaps uh they they were talking about well you know in the Ukrainian military uh, there's this exercise where you can put uh you send somebody into a room and uh you put it behind them, put a plastic bag over their face, and you see if they're fight or flight. Like that's where the, the fight or flight you determine what they are. And we're kind of like looking wide eyed at them. We don't think we're going to do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, our, the, the, we, we can the de- 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 decentralized leadership that is pervasive to American small small group units. Uh, let's try that, and we, we think <laughs> yeah. we, can, we, we think we can identify some leaders that way uh so you're looking for you're
0: looking for a a football coach or a teacher or a machine shop leader or someone who's gotten small groups and when we talk you know squad we're talking eight to twelve right and teams are you know three to five so you're starting with a little fire team that can move in and my infantry background this is what we did right so you start with three to five of them and then you hopefully can get a squad now you've got essentially what four or five squads are almost a, a company, ele- a platoon element at this point, or a, a maybe two platoons. Um, and th- that's, kind of how you're organizing them basically along American doctrine.
1: Yeah. Uh, for the most part, um, with, uh, uh, some flexibility, uh, for their, for their own kind of, you know, local preferences and everything. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of stressing, you know, not just kind of the tactical stuff because we we don't we don't want these people attacking tanks uh, yeah. if it comes to it. Uh, but uh, uh, also just basic organization, right? Like knowing that hey, I, I got this piece of information about you know a map was dropped or something, and knowing knowing who to, who to call and where to call. And you know, we, we stress too that like these are just skills for them to to possess. That the choice to pick up a gun if and when that need comes is is going to be up to them, and it's a hard choice. And I, I wouldn't begrudge anybody who, who decides in that moment, I can't do this. I, I totally understand that. Um, but if they are in that moment and they choose to know I'm going and this, and these folks who are my fire team are coming too they know how to conduct themselves. Mm. Uh, they're not, they're, they're not going to just, you know, become a meat popsicle, uh, uh, dying bravely. Like I, I stressed over and over again, uh, to them that they're not supposed to be heroes right? Heroes get people killed. Heroes get themselves killed. Mm. That, uh, th- these are, these are self-defense basics. Uh, so you asked, uh, you know, what, one? and natural leaders step forward, uh, uh, stepped forward. There was a guy that we called Robocop because he, would, he came out, he was kitted out big strapping dude, big booming voice. He, he conducted himself like a police officer. We just all kind of assumed he was a cop, like older gentleman, mm-hmm. like in his sixties. Uh, no, uh, turned out a, uh, he wasn't a police officer. He was, a, a, a very well-known attorney, uh, and that presence he cultivated in the courtroom, uh, for, for decades. Right. But he had this kind of natural leadership bearing and, you know, he'd never, he'd never fired any weapons before. Uh, but he, 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 he has now he has plenty. And, and, and you know, that, uh, we took him to the range. everybody went to the range, uh, that for our final, final day of training. And, and some folks had had a lot of experience. We had a old Soviet red Army era instructor, uh, teaching, teaching about the AK because you know, we, we, none of us really, I've, I've screwed around with AKs before, but I never really shot it seriously mm-hmm. uh, this dude. You know, this, he, he wasn't in our classes. He just kind of was an instructor in this, on this particular day. If the war, if the war gets to Lviv, that, that guy's going to collect some skulls. I, I'm telling you, he, he, uh, he didn't want to talk a lot about his backgrounds, but, uh, he, he knows what he's talking about you know, mm-hmm. 65, 70 years old, kind of rolled up gorilla cap. Um, and it was, you know, showing, showing teachers and, uh, IT workers, uh, you know, how, how, how best to, to, to stay in an AK sniping position for hours on end. Uh, uh, you know, not putting bone on bone, right. Like very specific stuff that, uh, just like, okay, this guy's the real deal. Mm -hmm. Um, as for the training weapons, um, uh, you know, cause uh, most of the new weapons are, are being pushed forward to the front totally understandable. Uh, we, we had to, you know, we, up until that last day, uh, you know, we're, we're training with complete rookies here. So, you know, there was no, there was no ammunition. Uh, we were just trying to get them to, to move and communicate, uh, the, on the basics first before anything. So we borrowed a lot of kind of old stuff from a local museum. Um, you know, I think in the CNN clip, you can see to, Tommy, gun a Tommy gun, uh, in, in there, there, there were, there are a few Mausers being used,
0: like an Al Capone Tommy gun with like a drum on the bottom, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. yeah. Uh, there, there are a few Mausers. They're little cowboy pistols uh, uh, that look like antiques to me, and you know people. And, and that's if 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 it comes to it, that's that's how these people are going to fight. That's what you right? got,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've trained. You know, I think I remember training at some point with broomsticks, right? Like before you got your weapon. You know, we who've been in the military know that you don't need you know uh, an AK to be able to train for that moment. And it sounds like that's a lot of the basic stuff that you all were doing. Matt, can you tell us, you know, it seems from the outside, we're starting to see more and more women. Um, You know, the Ukrainian military has been fighting for many years against the Russians. There are many veterans across this entire culture. Can you talk just about who these people were that you were training, you know, gender, age? You know, it seems like you got old folks and young folks, but you can t- tell us a little more about at least this group you were with.
1: Yeah, we, we had about um, about 45 diehards that were there every day, uh, and then probably about 20 to 25 more that kind of came in as much as they could. A, a lot of those were, you know, they're, uh, they're already kind of assigned to various checkpoint duties. Um, these are folks, uh, uh, they're volunteers, first of all, and um, kind of falls under the umbrella of Territorial Defense Force, but they themselves are not yet Territorial Defense Force. They could be mobilized uh, by the territorial defense force in case of an emergency. Right. So, so much of this was just kind of setting up organizational basics for these people to, uh, to get mobilized and, and have some kind of function, uh, functional use and, uh, if need be. Um, so they're not doing this, you know, as, as the Russians are on the outskirts of, of Lviv, um, age. Yeah. We had uh, a young man, call them the kid, you know, the kid battle mouse, uh, 16, 17. Um, (coughs) excuse me. I had a couple of university students, um, 19, 20, who I, I, you know, personally was very drawn to because they just kind of reminded me of myself and my friends at that age, very idealistic wanting to test, uh, their physical courage and their moral courage. Um, but also honest enough to admit they're, they're kind of scared about this. Right. Uh, we had, we actually did have some, some police officers, uh, thirties and forties. We had some older, older business entrepreneurs, kind of, kind of in their fifties, maybe even early sixties. Mm. Uh, and we, and we, we, had women and we did have, we, we had, we had a, a group of women that, uh, um, just want to be prepared to defend themselves if, if necessary. Um, and, uh, one, one of them seems to have some training somewhere. Uh, she, she's, knew, knew her way around an ak uh, and you you know you can just tell when somebody mm-hmm. gets on a range gets behind one um and 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 uh, another uh the, the, the who was interviewed by by Anderson Cooper uh first time first time ever pulling a trigger um but she also had that you know she also had that badass quote to him that you know if the russians come here we will have a guerrilla war we will fight from our houses from our dog houses it's like the, the, the fire is real Right. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this is, um, they have all, all these folks have some kind of personal connection. Um, uh, somebody that we were working with, his brother, uh, survived, but got shot down in a helicopter on the front while, while we were there. And he kept showing up every day, um, talked about it directly, tersely, and got back to work. And that kind of, you know, how could you, you know, that kind of dedication and, and resolve. I mean, we just, we had to meet it there was no choice we had to give them everything we had day in and day out eight nine ten hours a day uh because they needed us and you know no we're not the green berets but we're there so let me let me give you what give you everything i can
0: matt um you know there there are a lot of folks that are pouring in there right and trying you know trying to do what they can to help but there's also You know the shit show element that we've seen everywhere we've been in combat. We've seen it in Afghanistan. We talked with Jason Dempsey about the potential propaganda value when I think inevitably the Russians will kill or capture an American, right? When and or maybe on the flip side, when Zelensky meets, you know, uh, you know, a a badass guy, um, you know, like Ben Bush or somebody, and says, "Okay, you're going to be in my private security detail, or you're going to communicate to the American people," right? We are a very unique. Uh, and powerful and unpredictable piece on this on this battlefield. I keep using the Pat Tillman example. If you had been killed, Matt, you would be probably the most well known American veteran killed. Did you did you think about that? Um, and did it come up in conversations with you and Ben and Adrian? Um, and as a part of that, you know, what's your recommendation for the American veterans that do have skills that are medics that that are, are doctors? Um, that have you know relevant training, even logistics experts. Cooks are going. Can, sure. can you address those two pieces? Because a lot of vets are going to hear this, and they're going to be inspired by you. Um, maybe they're going to be humbled by you. But but take us through that part if you can, please.
1: Yeah, no, it's absolutely something we gave great thought to. Uh, at, you know, first we kind of got there. You know, as, as I described earlier, it was so ad hoc and so fast and furious. Um, we were just kind of taking it. Hour by hour until I I did I did kind of pretty much personally demanded we shut down training for an afternoon to get a better security posture to make sure cell phones were collected uh, before training as one example so you know 98 percent chance anybody filming us is probably doing because they want to watch later or share with their friends or something just not worth the risk just not worth the risk especially while we're in country uh, uh, really verifying kind of establishing a uh, with the, with the authorities, the vetting, um, and making, uh, making them talk through to us, uh, the vetting process they were utilizing to make sure everyone that was in there was who they said they were and, uh, uh had a really a, a direct personal connection, um, to, to, to these folks kind of overseeing, overseeing it all. And, uh, I think it scared them straight. Um, you know, I, I I never got a whiff of, of malintention, but taking an afternoon to make sure everything was right was, was the right call. And, uh, you know, I, I, am generally a nice guy, but I think you've seen that Irish temper side of temper side of me, right. When I I do flip a switch and Mm -hmm. I flipped this, you know, I flipped the switch for, for for this reason, um, Mm -hmm. because it it is deadly serious. Uh, and no, Lviv was not under direct assault, but, uh, it's a war. It was a war adjacent city. People were talking about Russian saboteurs, right? Um, uh, people were talking about, uh, uh, you know, we were there when the cruise missile hit the base, uh, 20 miles North of us, the cruise missiles hit me proper just, uh, just this morning. So, you know, we, we, talked about all this, but part of, part of any kind of action is, uh, unintended consequences, right? So setting everything up, setting up a, a strict security posture. So we weren't a sor- an obvious target. So we weren't a soft target was vital. Um, as for what other veterans can do, um, I think they can do a lot from Poland and Romania, uh, Germany, uh, some of these border countries, uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of stories of, of medics, um, in particular kind of setting up, uh, you know, medical camps, um, to, 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 treat these people who have, uh, in some cases been walking for days and days, um, you know, little kids, uh, old people, um, people with uh, pre you know serious physical health conditions just trying to get out of the country I would not cross that border unless you have a direct plan if you uh, you just keep, do not be do not be the the goon or the, the the war junkie that shows up think trying to be the protagonist in this story because it's not about it's not about us it's not about America this is this is this is Ukraine's fight for survival we can't help right that's why I went um, but uh, do not cross that border unless you have a direct plan of what you're doing. Once you get there, you trust, you trust those contacts and you have a, you have a clear exit strategy too. Uh, because um, I think you're right. I think inevitably somebody who is going to get in way over their head and uh, it's, it's going to be a piece of piece of propaganda as a result. And that will lead to other unforeseen uh, consequences. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's a dangerous game. This isn't, this isn't Iraq or Afghanistan. Um, you know, we never dealt with cruise missiles and, you know, these aren't, fuck, you know, fucking mortars being popped off by, by farmers. who don't even, who can't even aim. Um, cruise missiles are an entire, entirely different game. Uh, you know, Russian, Russian saboteurs, an entirely different thing. Um, it's, it's not, it's not just because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not the war we fought in our twenties. It's something else entirely.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that that's important for folks to under, I mean, this is a, a, a leveling. I think Jason said in the last episode, you know, most American veterans have never taken on a tank, right? Living like our, our grandfathers did, right? Like I never sure. took on a tank and I was an infantry guy in Iraq for a year, right? I mean, what we dealt with was a totally different enemy and this is an intensity a casualty rate, a complexity that is is much more intense than, you know, everything except for select engagements, I think, over the course of the last two decades. But you have a, you know, you're telling the story, Matt, you know, bravely, beautifully, um, f- in a focused way. Um, what do the people that you trained need? And what do the people that you saw need? Let's assume Joe Biden watches this and and you want to tell him, um, what an American veteran who's also a you know, well-respected, world-renowned writer thinks these people need right now. So what 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 does Biden need to know that they need? And what do the American people need to know about what they need? Assuming that Biden, frankly, may not move fast enough, may not move in the way people want to. I don't think he's been great about giving people options in ways to help. So 2 pronged
1: question, what, what should Biden do and what should the American people do? First and foremost, they need body armor, right? Pretty much all the body armor in country right now is being pushed to the front. So, and, you know, these regular folks, if, and when they decided to pick up arms themselves, they deserve that too. So body armor is a, is a big, is a big need, uh, right now, uh, right now that from what I saw, that was the thing heavily in demand, uh, Biden, there, there is a solution between the blanket, uh, no fly zone being instituted, uh, and not doing anything right. I, I, I people much smarter than me and well-versed in this, uh, have, been, have been floating kind of different ideas of, of a kind of, you know, tr- whether it's training Ukrainian pilots, uh, in, in countries like Poland and getting them ba- back up in the sky, uh, or, uh, you know, other surreptitious, uh, ways to, uh, limit the, artillery barrage and air barrage that, uh, is, uh, the only thing that seems to be working right well right now for the Russian military. Uh, there are solutions out there and, and, uh, um, it's not an all or nothing, I think on, 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 on the matter of the no fly zone as for the American people. It's kind of the same thing as, as probably what I, I told the, the American veterans, right. Um, you know find find different organizations that you believe in and, and i'll I'll plug my own later uh, uh, that I think can be helpful to people um find you know there are relief efforts staging um in these board, in these border countries that need money that need volunteers that need expertise and uh, uh you too you know you don't have to you don't have to go into Ukraine to be a person of action right um it, it's it's if you, if, if all you can do is press that donate button, great. If, if you can get over here and get your hands hands on something with, with your own direct experience and knowledge, all the better, uh, it, they they need everything. They really do. Uh, uh, if you're feeling helpless and you're, you're feeling frustrated, um, that that's probably because you're a person of conscience and, and the world needs that and, uh, you know, uh, even if it's, pushing back um on on some of the you know Tucker Carlson nonsense that's being spouted in, in back back in the states right now um uh don't let uh kind of those isolationist talking points take root we're at our best um uh, Americans uh rise above that and they had before and i believe we're doing so again and you know that's the country that that uh makes me proud to be uh, where I'm from, right? Um, we can be a people of action. We can be a people of that offer support and aid and in, uh, in, in times of need. Uh, you know, it was something about you know. It's so easy to be kind of fall into the kind of anti-American traps, uh, especially after the last twenty years, especially after Iraq and Afghanistan. I, I agree with some of some of that stuff, uh, but then you could, you know, it, there's nothing like traveling and coming to a place. Um, like Poland, for example, where uh, they, you know, not to speak too broadly, but um, they, they, they value these concepts that we take for granted of freedom and independence and uh, uh, capitalism and democracy, like, because it's new, it's still new and, and uh, they haven't grown tired of it. And this is, you know, especially much of Western Ukraine, they, they want the same thing. They've only, you know, they've only had it for a few years and it's, 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 it's under assault. So it, anybody can give back, just pushing back on, on the, the, the turtle shell mentality that, that folks on the, in my estimation, folks on the far right and the far left are, 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 are trying to escape into. And it's mm-hmm. just, I, I find it, it's, it, I find it, it's, it's an act of cowardice in my opinion. And I'm, it, I find it disgusting.
0: I'm glad you named it. Um, because I think this is, I've been saying in this show, this is a time for courage and courage can come in whatever form, um, you can deliver it, but it's a time for everybody to be courageous in their own way and contribute in some way. Um, Matt, you're, you know, in a couple of days, you're going to be back in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's, I can't imagine the mind fuck that's going to be Um, and I hope you will write about it and talk about it. And you've generously offered to stick around for our Patreon members for a a little bit of extra content where I want to ask you what you've missed most about America. I'm going to save that for our folks in, 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 the Patreon community, but as you come back, um, what's next? I mean, you're, you're not just a grunt. You're a big thinker. You think about social change, you think about movement theory, you think about the history of rebellions. You know you know this world uh better than most uh, average people in America. What do you think happens in the next couple of weeks in Ukraine? And it, for those 50 people you trained. And and then what happens for you? When you get back to Oklahoma, what are you going to do
1: now uh, now that you're back? Well, uh for, for, for our people, uh, they're going to keep training. Uh, we set up, we, we found the leaders, we trained the trainers, they're going to spread their knowledge and, and spread their skills. Uh, there's a replacement team of American advisors, uh, who are, um, who are more special. We were, we, we were generalists. We were building, building this thing kind of on the building an airplane in the sky and, uh, somehow, somehow landed it. And now uh uh our our people are gonna get the benefit of of real professional expertise um from folks that um had a plan and got there and are going to uh take them through the next stage and, and then you know they'll have their own exit plans. Um so we left, it was sad to leave, it was hard to leave. You know, you grow even just two weeks you grow really tight and uh, uh, have personal connections with these people. Uh, but they're in good hands, both with each other and and uh, the new crew. Uh, as for me... Um, Before you get
0: to that, I want to come back to you. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But um, there's, there's some folks in this country that have kind of a defeatist mentality that seems like that's changing. But for a while, there are many Americans who believed Russia was going to roll. They were going to take over Ukraine. Um, and then we'd have to just, you know, build a wall around NATO and contend with it. I mean, but now um, the losses have been tremendous on all sides, but much higher than most folks predicted for the Russians. Um, There's a feeling this is a moment where they can win. They can win and repel this invasion, which might create even a reverse domino effect. There are talks now of a possible coup underway inside Russia. You know, this can be not just a speed bump but but the the game changer for all of this can you talk about that matt do you see that and 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 this moment for them um and you know you're a sports fan like this is not this is not the cleveland browns right like people were kind of assuming they were going to be like the cleveland browns but now they're flipping it and and they're everybody's underdog story can can you just push that out a little bit what do you think is going to happen here
1: the only way this ends whether it's tonight or you know and hopefully tonight or or in 5 years is uh i i think with putin dead right so somebody hopefully internally uh is is going to have to take care of this that um this is a crazy man with access to a nuclear arsenal and uh the best thing for everyone to include the russian people is getting rid of this tremendously vile despot. I don't have any inside access or information to how and when that's going to happen. Um, all I know is the longer this goes on, the more innocent, innocent Ukrainians and, you know, hapless 20 year old Russian soldiers are going to die or get horribly wounded, um, or get a disease that, uh, ravages them for the rest of their life. Uh, Every day this, this war goes on, more people will suffer that shouldn't how, how long Ukraine can, can hold on. Um, I, it seems like a while, you know, uh, uh, they're dug in for the long haul, even if it, even if it costs them Kiev, even if it costs them Lviv, even if it costs cost them Odessa, um, Russia cannot occupy this country uh, they can't do it I mean they can't even invade it uh, so far uh, you, you know uh, you and I, uh, I, you and I both know that occupying is the, is the hard part um, mm-hmm. uh, so you know they haven't even gotten to the hard part yet uh, it, it's just also meaningless it's also pointless um, you know uh, you, Ukraine will win it's, it's, it's inevitable um, uh, this, this war if nothing else is confirmed. That there's a sense of national identity and a, a, a national resolve that, uh, um, people weren't sure existed. Right. Um, it, certainly the Russians, uh, didn't, 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 did not anticipate this. So I, you know, I can't tell you when, but I do know that a free sovereign Ukraine will, will, will be there at the end of this. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I hope, uh, a, it's borders, um, resemble what it has now and B, you know, it's, it's the beautiful country. Um, and these, these wonderful cities, uh, are still standing and they haven't been turned, turned to turned to rubble. Um, uh, the way Kharkov has, uh, for example, Is there a
0: nonprofit
1: or a place that you're directing people to? Yes. Uh, it's an organization called Razom, uh, R-A-Z-O-M, uh, Razom for it's a local or it's a Ukrainian nonprofit that uh, emerged kind of in the aftermath of, of Maidan in 2014. They're already set up to, to help everyday regular Ukrainian citizens in need, um, a, a variety of different projects, uh, emergency responses. They have a children's fund. Um, uh, Razan means Together in Ukrainian, and uh, they're good people. They're, they're, they already have the organizational apparatus set up. Um, uh, uh, obviously, they're in overdrive right now. Uh, d- dealing with everything, but uh, uh, folks can directly donate to them on their website, uh dot and also just kind of check out and see the, the different projects uh, this, this organization is is already involved with, uh, and uh, uh, it, it, it's a way to d- directly give back to to people on the ground.
0: Thank you for that. So back back to you now. You go back to Tulsa, I guess, and and. You know, you, you need time to process this, as I can only imagine. But but you guys have probably been thought thinking about it. You've been thinking about it. What, what comes next for you? You know, nobody comes home. Not everybody comes home from war wounded, but nobody comes home unchanged. You are profoundly changed by this experience. What happens
1: next for you? Well, got to... Uh first, first things first back to diaper duty and swim lessons. Uh, yeah. so, you know, my wife's going to put me back to work immediately and I deserve that and we'll never hear the end of this. Um, <laughs> but no, not to make too, too much of a light of it, light of it because, uh, you know, part of the, we had a discussion, uh, before agreeing to the Anderson Cooper piece of like, you know, we're putting our, our faces, our names, our reputations on this, right? Like, uh, this, this means that we're going to be kind of attached to this thing. Are we comfortable with that? And we talked it through at pros and cons and decided that, yes, um, we're okay uh, being um, advocates uh, for, for for you, the Ukrainian people that we work with and nothing more and nothing else. And, you know, hopefully reminding uh, regular Americans that these aren't um, neo-Nazis, that these aren't, uh, uh, you know, Russians who, 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 by another name these are regular people with regular jobs um worried about their kids uh future uh, worried about their nephew who's been set to the front uh, they just they just want a regular life they just want a normal everyday life and i think in our small way we can be a meaningful voice uh to to hammering that point home um I'm and uh and then you know i i'm, I'm a writer that I, I write uh that's how i process the world that's how i process experiences um i haven't started writing yet about about this i i don't know when or i will and or, or what it'll look like but i i know i will because that's how i make sense of the world and uh, uh it was such a jam-packed two weeks that uh writing about it um, piece by piece is, is the only way I'm ever going to make sense of it. And, uh, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully uh, something interesting will, will result from it. Matt, the moment
0: I saw you on Anderson Cooper and, and now even more so, I'm so glad it's you. I'm so glad it's you. I'm so glad it's Adrian. I'm so glad it's Ben. Um, because, you know, it's a very different comparison, but I remember when 60 minutes went on patrol with my platoon in Iraq, when we were arguing about whether or not there was an insurgency and they followed me around. And when I came back, you know, I was among that first wave of people who were trying to bring the truth about Iraq to people in America who didn't get it. And we were talking about body armor. Right. And and that was a really hard place for me in that first wave to be. Um, and, I'm glad that you guys are this first wave. Now it could have been a lot of other people. It could have been a lot. It could have been you know uh, Tucker Carlson, Yahoo that's over there, right? And and, and you're not, not going to be the only ones. There will be others, and there will be surrogates for all sides, and that that you know information war and political war will unfold as it always does. But I'm really glad it's you guys because you have such heart and empathy and understanding of history and just such a nuanced uh, and authentic uh understanding of the world and and we're we're very fortunate that it's you guys that are out in front and i and so i gotta ask you one final question and i hope you'll come back i hope we can continue these conversations because i think it's going to be so so important to see this through your eyes but as you come back and you're not even back yet but how do you feel about america right now are you been we've been through all this right the trump insurrection afghanistan everything um Are you mad at America right now that they're not doing more? Are you inspired by America because they're doing so much? But you are a master of understanding America. And even your your book, um, Empire City, talks about a a world where America won in Vietnam, right? Mm. A different world, an alternate world. But how do you feel about your your homeland, your country,
1: America right now? Seeing how America is viewed um, from these everyday Ukrainians and how grateful they were not just for us being there, but for the support they see, um, they, they, they tended to, uh, be very happy that Biden is president instead of Trump, right. For their, which makes sense given given, uh, their, uh, unique involvement in, uh, uh, the phone calls and, and, and everything. And you know, I think I agree with their read of the situation that is, which was, you know i would want them to say you know if trump had been reelected we, there would have been almost no nato support right uh so it's mostly kind of made me proud uh to see that even here in 2022 um america can be seen as a force force for good and and freedom and 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 justice and all these all these highfalutin uh concepts that that feel very vague until until they're gone right and then they are real meaningful real and meaningful uh uh, aspects of, of the human condition. So, uh, you know, I'm going home. Actually, kind of feeling pretty good about it. Maybe it's because I've been away. Uh, so I, I haven't, you know, I haven't, you know, been on Twitter all that much. Seeing the divisiveness. I, you know, I haven't, haven't, you know, I've only kind of, kind of caught glimmers of Tucker Carlson squawking. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 that may expire quickly as soon as I get back home. But man, honestly, man, I, I haven't been this proud uh, to be an American in in a long time. And it feels feels nice. Man, I'm so glad it's you.
0: I'm glad it's you. I'm glad it's you. Um, I I have been very privileged in this path of mine to be around heroes. And you've always been heroic in my book. Um, You've done so much to help people understand, which is in many ways the hardest part. And I think we know from serving overseas that you know, the fear is that you'll be forgotten or that your stories won't be told or the history won't be told. And you're there now to tell this story and to tell what comes next. And you've always been a conscience for America. And, you know, your, your, your reward for all this is going to be more requests, right? Like the the world is going to need more of your voice and your leadership. And you are ready for this moment. Your whole life has brought you to this moment. And I'm really glad it's you. And I'm, I'm honored to know you, man. Um, you know, in advance, welcome home. Thank you for stepping up and, and being an inspiration. And thank you for being what this country is supposed to be all about, and what at its core this country is all about, man. I know that your kids will be very proud of you, uh, and and generations of your family will be very proud of you, and what and whatever is to come, man.
1: Thanks, thanks, Paul. That means a lot coming from you. Uh, you know, you know, we belong to the the same mutual admiration society, so uh, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Well, it's a super friends network that we got to activate now. Right. And, and I encourage everyone to join us. But um, you are a true hero, my friend. Uh, I appreciate you sticking around for a couple extra minutes for our Patreon members. But until then, I look forward to buying you a beer uh, and, and mourning uh, whatever happens with Baker Mayfield and, and your and your Cleveland Browns. But welcome home, brother. And stay vigilant. Right on.
1: Thanks, Paul. Matt
0: Gallagher, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, now you know. Check him out, read everything he writes, support him. He is one of the good guys every day in the good fight, and he needs our support. Go to mattgallagherwriter.com, check out his books, the novels, Empire City and Youngblood. Check out the war memoir, Kaboom. Follow him on Twitter, really follow him on Twitter, and read everything he writes. He is one of the finest writers, one of the finest voices of our time. And he represents the very best of what America is all about. And he's a true helper. Always look for the helpers. There will always be helpers, you know, even just on the sidelines. Because if you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. As always, check out the hashtag, look for the helpers on Twitter and share yours. You can also guess the guest anytime we post it on social media. Much more at independentamericans.us where you can see video of my conversation with Matt. You can see where he is inside Poland. He, he does kind of look like he's got a Zelensky shirt on and an Eminem hat, but... He's there and you can see it if you prefer YouTube like a lot of folks do or you have family members, friends who aren't yet into podcasts. Send them to independentamericans.us and you can find all our videos on YouTube. You can rep for Independent Americans, get some gear and support this show. You can also support the show and support the continued effort to bring you this kind of unique content by joining our Patreon community. Thank you to all of our Patreon members. Big shout out to our newest member, Robert EU. I don't know what the EU stands for, but Robert, you just signed up. Welcome and thank you. Our Patreon members are getting a special extended conversation with Matt. Yeah, I'm going to ask him the car question. You know I got to ask him the drink question, but I also ask him how he talks to his kids about this entire experience. You got to check it out. If you're a Patreon member, thank you. If you're not yet, please consider joining us and please check us out on the Apple Podcast Store. Give us five stars if you like this episode. Subscribe for free if you haven't already. It's 100% free and you can share it. Righteous Media is going to continue to bring you the five Eyes in independent Americans and in all our podcasts and everything we do. If you don't know, the five I's are independence, integrity, information, inspiration, and impact. It's brought to you by me and the powerful, dynamic, dedicated, righteous media team, creative Chris Rosenthal, brilliant Bill Schultz, precise Paula Hernandez, helping us crank out these episodes, including this one, dropping on a Friday night. It's also powered by my amazing wife and two boys. Spring is coming, and I'm thankful that they're by my side for it and for this They've been really supportive over these last couple of weeks, and I've been away a bit more working on covering the war, and it's only possible thanks to their support. But they get it, and more and more folks get it. America may be more divided than before, but that might be changing. It feels like it's changing right now. And we at Independent Americans and Righteous Media are working to propel that change, to add light, to contrast the heat of all those other political shows. So if you're politically homeless, This is your show. If you're part of that 42 percent of Americans who are independent or unaffiliated, this is your show. And no matter who you are, Republican, Democrat, if you want to stay connected to the truth of what's happening inside Ukraine and what happens next, this is your show. You're all welcome. And we invite you to be a part of the solution and a part of this community. You can also check out the other Righteous Media podcast, Firefighters with Rob Sarah has a new episode, and B-Dorm with Don Ellivert and Jericho Turner just dropped a fantastic new episode today. You can get them wherever you got this pod or check out righteous.us. And be sure to check out the nonprofit organization on the ground in Ukraine that Matt talked about. It's called Razom. You can check it out at rezom We'll also link to it in the show notes that are wherever you got this podcast. So check out that organization, donate, share, and support. Because even if you can't join the fight, you can join the fight for hope. And keep sharing that hope because hope is the oxygen of democracy here and worldwide, and especially in Ukraine in these pivotal days and moments happening right now. asked Matt to share what song he thought captured the spirit of the people he trained in Ukraine. And he amazingly recommended this. It's the classic from Twisted Sister. We're not going to take it. If you haven't heard, Ukraine is rich with music and has a deep love for rock, especially heavy metal and hard rock. And this is a classic that everyone around the world can understand. It captures the defiant spirit of Ukraine. And it's also the true and founding spirit of America. And especially right now with independent Americans. This song holds that kind of energy that will keep this momentum going. And it'll keep this movement of independent Americans growing week by week by week. And it will fuel the fight in Ukraine, especially now. And we've all got to stay vigilant right now, my friend. Because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. And freedom is being threatened right now. And it's a price the Ukrainian people are paying in this moment. It's a price Americans are now paying right now too, not just in gas prices and in sanctions, but also soon in blood. Ukraine has shown the world what courage looks like and courage is contagious more than any other virus. And now the world is following Ukraine's lead. Thanks to Ukraine, the world is now more courageous and America is more courageous. But we're still not courageous enough. Until it's over, we must stay vigilant. And know you're not alone in your vigilance. We're all vigilant. And we're all in this together, especially now. All across America and all across Ukraine, all around the world, we're in this together. From Twisted Sister to Flogging Molly, from Matt Gallagher to Adrian Bonnenberger and Ben Bush, to the American veterans who were there with them, to the amazingly brave Ukrainian freedom fighters that they trained, to Matt's brave wife and boys back home in Oklahoma, to the American veterans on the ground right now in Ukraine, to all those on the way, to all those deep in the fight in this moment all across Ukraine, to you. I'm your host, Paul Rykov. Thank you for listening to this very special episode of Independent Americans. Down with Putin, Slava Ukraine, and stay vigilant, America.
1: Righteous Media.